Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. episode 64 five days in the tropical land of belize this was a week-long trip that i took with one of my very close girlfriends nicole who you might recognize her from episode one in mexico city and this is the nicole that we went to go to her wedding in mexico city and where the podcast was born and she happens to be our special guest on today's episode to help us recount this super fun girls trip Hi, so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you, Nicole. So happy to see you. (laughs) So Jamal and I have only been to Belize for a short stopover while we were on a cruise, and we had a blast tubing down the river there, and I've heard bits and pieces of this trip, so I'm super excited to hear the more in-depth version. Well, you've only heard bits and pieces, Brittany. I've heard tons of stories about this trip, (laughs) and I'm actually super excited to get even more into it, and... I've always been inspired by hearing about Zaina and Nicole's trip to go to Belize. But from what I did see and experience on our cruise, plus what I've heard from Zaina and Nicole, I know Belize is a country that is not to be missed. Better Belize it. (laughs) I'm the only one on this podcast that hasn't been to Belize, but I'm really excited to hear all about it. I'm super excited to have you, Nicole, on the podcast with us. And I can't wait to hear all of what you guys did so I can start planning my own trip. So why don't you guys kick us off with some tips, travel tips for Belize. Tips, tips, tips. So the first one is they actually speak English. It's their official language because they were colonized by the British. And this is the only country in South and Central America that has English as their official language. I actually did not know that. Mm -hmm. Most people Uh do not speak Spanish. Yeah, exactly. They speak English and the majority of the population also speaks Creole, but a lot of them don't speak Spanish. And you're not really going to find that many Spanish signs around. I remember when we were there on the cruise and they were telling us that information and our guide who took us to do tubing down the river, he was mentioning that just as well. And then he spoke a little bit of the Creole and he even said it's not like the French Creole that we might be accustomed to or thinking of when we think of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And it was something completely unique. But, you know, I was so happy being down there and like, OK, they know English. It makes it so much easier when that's the case and you can communicate with somebody. So that's a real cool thing about Belize. What else? What other tips? So Belize is a really popular scuba diving place. A lot of people go because they have the famous blue hole. Oh, Do you guys know what the blue hole is? I've seen numerous photos of the blue hole. (laughs) I want to go to the blue hole. I know a lot of people do some free diving down in the blue hole outside of the scuba but I am not scuba certified, so I will enjoy it from a boat or snorkeling if I go. Yeah, you might have to be advanced scuba certified to go down the blue hole because it's so deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then at the time of this recording, the currency exchange is 50 cents U.S. dollars for every $1 Belizean dollar. Hmm. 
so you get a little advantage when moving your money over it goes a little farther there yeah it awesome. doubles it exactly mm-hmm. but then it's weird because you know you see something for ten dollars and you're like ten dollars and you just have to like rewrap your brain around the fact that actually it's going to be five score <laughs> so. so nicole why don't you tell us how you guys got to belize so this was when I was living in, well, I'm still living in Mexico City. So <laughs> Zaina came and flew to Mexico City to see me. And we actually flew from Mexico City to Chetumal, which is a city on the Caribbean coast of Mexico that's basically touching the border of Belize because it is actually extremely expensive to fly into Belize from Mexico City. The flights were five, six, seven hundred dollars, even though it's really close. And how mm. much was it to fly into Chetumal? Like a hundred dollars? Yeah, I was about to say. It was yeah, like round trip. <laughs> that is a dirt cheap. Squad tip. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest flying to Chetumal through Cancun or Mexico City and not directly to Belize because it is expensive flight. So when you say Chetumal is right on the border, can we use an analogy here just like San Diego to Tijuana? Just right there pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe Perfect. about a 15 minute taxi drive, 20 minute taxi drive. Yeah. And Chetumal Airport, it's so small that only two airlines actually fly in there. And it's going to be the two Mexican airlines, Interjet and Volaris. And the runway itself is so small that once you land, you U turn at the end of the runway and then they bring you back. <laughs> I've been in a few places so that have done small. that. Yeah, it's like a bus stop, basically. Yeah. So anyways, that's why we decided to fly into Chetumal because it was going to be easier that way. So from Chetumal, we went on a bus ride 30 minutes north to Bacalod. Now, this isn't an episode about that, but we mentioned this only because we spent the night in Bacalod and we were able to take a bus from Bacalod over the border and then all the way down to Belize City. So Nicole mentioned that you can fly into Cancun because I think that there should be a bus. Of course, you know, you'd have to do a little bit of research, but I think that the bus that we got onto in Bacalar came from or started from Cancun. Mm. So the bus takes you all the way down to Belize City. Yeah, it goes the there's one highway along the Caribbean coast of Mexico and it goes from Cancun. This bus goes from Cancun all the way crosses into Belize and I believe it ends in Tikal mm-hmm. in Guatemala. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that when you look online, there's not a lot of information about the buses to get to Belize City. So it wasn't until we were even in Bacalar that we were able to find out that this bus existed. So when you are there, definitely ask around because we found out from the locals in Bacalar that we can take this bus. So we were like, oh, my goodness, we have to do this. I think originally we were going to fly, take a taxi to the border, cross on foot and then get a bus to Belize City, which you can do as well. Mm -hmm. But because we were there, people said, oh, no, just take the bus that takes you straight there. Mm -hmm. And you should go to Bacalar. Oh, yeah. Bacalar is amazing. First off, this was a long bus ride. I think it was about five hours to finally get to Belize City. But before we actually get to Belize City, we're just going to talk about crossing the border. So number one tip is carry change. They do have bathrooms there, but anywhere that you go there at the border, you will have to pay to use the restroom and there's nothing worse than having to pee really bad and not having those coins. <laughs> is it one of those places where they pre-roll your toilet paper? That too. Yeah. yeah. And there's no toilet paper in the stall. <laughs> you get the toilet paper when you pay for the bathroom. It's use. rationed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to pay extra if you got to take a... <laughs> 
we were uh we just had to pee if you ask for more they usually give it to you but <laughs> they're not so happy about it <laughs> that's so true <laughs> so um we crossed over um there are people on the bus but they don't let you cross the border on the bus you will have to get off and then mm-hmm. you walk over the border on foot and your bus is going to meet you on the other side. It's exactly what we did when we were in South Africa going to Swaziland, if you remember. So I guess that's a pretty uniform thing when you border hop in a bus, make you get out and then get back on on the other side. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're checking everyone. And did you have to pay any fees to cross the border? Yes. So to go into Belize from Mexico, you pay around $25. And is that just a fee that they have at the border crossing or is that really for like a visa, your stamp, anything like that? It includes all of the costs of crossing the border. So if you flew on a flight, it would be included in your flight costs. But because you're crossing on foot, you pay this fee going in and there's like a little booth and they, you pay the fee and they stamp you. They review all your paperwork and then you get to the other side and get back on the bus. And that's something that I didn't know that there is some type of tax that you're always paying in your airline papers. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that I had actually crossed a border by foot. So yeah. They're going to get you. And is that $25 local currency or U.S. dollars? And do you need to have Belize dollars for this? Oh, that's a good question. We paid in U.S. dollars. Yeah. And it's 25 U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We paid $25, 25 U.S. dollars. But that's the last that you're going to see of the U.S. dollars because once you cross over, then everything is going to be into Belizean dollars because like I mentioned, it does take about five hours to get to Belize City. And Belize City is the capital, but there's nothing really there. It's an industrial port city so in belize city is where you're going to catch a water taxi to any of the kai islands so like we went to kai cocker but there's many many kai islands um so that's where you're going to catch the water taxi or that is also where you will catch a bus to any other city within the country i believe it's pronounced k i was going to ask <laughs> is that actually something belizean where it's kai or are you mispronouncing it in k so i'm glad okay. nicole clarified because that's k i said kai a million times <laughs> you, nicole so it's k it's k well, I, I doubted myself but i was pretty sure it was called k <laughs> yeah but um you're really only going there to get to your next spot and because you need belizean dollars our bus stopped at a very specific atm that they know is very close to the port because they said you will need the Belizean dollars. Anyone who doesn't have that, which we don't anticipate you having it since we picked you up in Mexico, we will stop at this ATM and then we were able to take the money out. And there was ATMs close to the central bus station because I remember on the way back, I had to go get more cash Mm -hmm. and it was walking distance from the main bus station. Yeah. And then from there, Nicole and I had decided that we were going to Kay Cocker. So at the port, we were able to catch a water taxi there. Yeah, from the port, you can go to almost any of the Ks. And we chose Kay Cocker because it's a popular backpacking hub. It was cheaper. It didn't have any big resorts. I wanted kind of to go to a more authentic island that didn't have huge resorts on it. So the Kay Cocker is definitely popular with backpackers. And you can find cheaper housing, cheaper food. Yeah, and, and those get this, kinds of activities. Yeah, it was only ten dollars one way, about a forty-five minute water taxi ride, 
And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they loaded us on that water taxi. I mean, I love the pictures of me and Nicole because like (laughs) this is pre COVID and it was like as many people as we can get on. (laughs) Life jackets provided. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't the Titanic. There were life jackets there. (laughs) But let me ask you a serious question. When you keep referring to dollars now moving forward that you've changed to Belizean dollars, are you telling me in U.S. dollars or still in their local currency? Just so we know moving forward. Good question. Anytime we say dollar from here on out is Belizean dollars. So yeah. So when I say $10, that's 10 Belizean dollars or five American dollars. Perfect. Yes. So the other thing that you should know is that you can't take your luggage with you when you're on the water taxi. So they will take it to put it under the boat. And this is important because later we're going to be taking buses and there's no place for your luggage. So it is on your lap. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. in this situation, you will have to give them your luggage in order to get onto the boat. So after a super long travel day, we finally made it to (laughs) Kaycocker. I think we got there. We left Bacalar like seven in the morning. Super early. And then we we finally got to Kaycocker in the evening. Mm -hmm. Early. It was like... And Five, then you six. went out partying? Yes. But first we checked into our, <laughs> absolutely, Kim. But first we checked into our hostel. Now, here's the really cool thing about Cocker. It is very thin island. So you have three main streets, Front Street, Middle Street, and Back Street. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Are they all parallel to each other? They're yeah. all parallel to each other. No joke. Those are the street names. I remember that very specifically because I was like, ooh, like Back Street Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and there's streets going the other way. Uh, no, yeah. it's just a yeah, little small ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there you aren't going to find cars. Like it's such a tiny island that it's like golf carts that people what? are like on. motorcycles. And it's very rare to see those too. Like it is mm. a small little island. Um, Nicole booked our hostel. So go ahead and you can talk I about it. I believe that. I booked it on Hostel World and there's only about four or five when, when you look online that come up. But there are many more hotels. So we booked one on Hostel World. It was probably the cheapest one <laughs> that we could find. <laughs> and then we got there and it was actually full. They overbooked it. So they upgraded us Ooh. to like a nicer one that they owned uh, across the street. Yeah, it was Vista Del Mar. It was right there on Front Street on the beach. Yeah, it was really nice. But it's a shared bathroom, but we did have our own room. And just for context, um, it's about $15 a night for a hostel dorm. The cheapest you can go. (laughs) I can't even say this without laughing. The cheapest you can go is the... <laughs> dirty McNasty. It's what? the Dirty McNasty Hostel. Dirty dirty McNasty. That did not exist when we went. Yeah, it did not exist when we went, but there is a Dirty McNasty Party Hostel. I swear that is the name. The Dirty McNasty Party Hostel. That's why I couldn't say it without laughing. $12 a night for their hostel dorms. We did not stay there. It did not exist when we were there, but uh, we paid the $15 and we did not stay at Dirty McNasty. <laughs> but they have the, they have the cheapest fun. dorm, cheapest dorm and most expensive private rooms. <laughs> what we noticed (laughs) so um, yeah so we unloaded there at the Vista Del Mar and immediately we went to go drink so again small little island right there on the beach their main drink is the Belkin beer of Belize which is a lager do they have any tropical drinks I'm glad you asked Yes, the very popular panty dropper. Oh, it's it's well known around those parts. Well, every place we went had happy hour and it was just the panty dropper on sale. (laughs) And it's like, I don't understand why they're advertising for happy hour when it's really just the panty dropper on sale. (laughs) It was it the same at every place. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the national happy hour drink. What is in it? It was blue, wasn't it? It Like the blue hole. (laughs) 
<laughs> Pretty much. It's right? a sugary tropical drink. <laughs> Coconut rum, pineapple juice, grenad- grenadine. Grenadine. Uh, Did I say right? Grenadine syrup and a little cherry. Okay. No, it's not blue. <laughs> that was a different drink. <laughs> So you guys had it, and yeah, I mean, it's like a peanut colada. Drop? My house, that's what I was wondering. It didn't really make my panties drop, <laughs> but um, you know, it was it was a cheap drink, and it was there on the beach, and it was nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we had several because one isn't enough to drop the panties. So let me ask you a question: Is there anything else really to do on the island other than the small shops to drink? Because I know earlier on Nicole Whoa, said you got ahead yourself when you said shops there are no shops yeah. so then that leads to my question then what is there really to do now i know you chose it for the relaxation not a lot of resorts which i totally respect it actually sounds really awesome but what is there really to do that's the draw other than the fact that everyone who goes there really is just kind of a budget traveler and it's that type of travel feel to it Good question. We're going to get to that on day two because we did everything that you could do on the island in day two. Excellent. I'm so <laughs> looking forward to hearing that. No, but really, I mean, at this point, it's evening. So all we did was drink panty droppers, the Belkin beer, and a few pina coladas. And we walked around taking pictures and it is very tiny. And then we went to bed because we were going to have a big day for day two. Another real quick question. Go for it. Tell me about the scenic beauty on the island. I know it was dark. But what were you able to see and experience there from the scenic beauty point? I mean, it was really cool because, I mean, everywhere you go, it's either a hostel or a restaurant. That's all that there is. And everything is right there on the beach because most everything is there on Front Street. And so the water's right there. The water's super clear. It's super blue. The sand is very kind of clay-ish white so even like when you go out into the water which we went out in day two it almost feels like weird under your feet because it's so clay like so just like really you're you're in the middle of an island in the caribbean with nothing around yeah no it was really pretty It was a really pretty island the water was super blue it was warm and you can there's beaches on both sides because it's so thin Mm-hmm. So Front Street and Peck Street, both the beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Well, tell us about day two. You got me hanging on the edge of my seat here. So one of the most popular things to do in Belize is scuba diving or snorkeling. So we didn't do scuba diving or snorkeling, <laughs> but we went paddleboarding the next day. So we rented, there's places on the island where you can rent snorkels or book a snorkeling tour or a scuba diving tour. But we opted for paddleboarding because the water was really calm. The other thing about scuba diving is you have to be scuba certified. There's certain levels. Nicole is scuba certified. I am not. Yeah. So interesting fact. I just learned about you, Nicole. Yes, I'm scuba certified. Nice. Nicole was the first in her group to go underwater and waited for like about five or 10 minutes for everyone to join because someone had a freak out and couldn't get into the water. (laughs) When I was certified. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask a serious question to you, Nicole. Zaina held you back then from experience Belize in a true way. (laughs) Maybe, but I actually didn't really want to scuba dive. I remember not really wanting to because I didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> was, we were being really cheap this trip. But the paddle boarding, though, does sound fun. I've always wanted to do it. And for all the traveling we've done, I've really never paddle boarded. So you're telling me this and I've heard it before, but I'm really jealous about we that. We saw people doing it when we arrived. And we were like, oh, let's do that tomorrow. So we rented the paddle boards and you can actually go along the whole coast and then like loop around because it's so thin. Yeah, but I do want to say before we got into the water, because right there, when you get into the water, they're going to have like a little hut where you can rent the paddle boards and we went up to do it and as we were there there was a guy who was gushing blood off of his legs like just 
everywhere. And he was asking if they had any alcohol or any Band-Aids. And I look at the guy and I'm like, oh my God, we're about to get into the water. Did something in the water attack you? And he said that, oh, no, 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 no. Because when you get into the water, it's kind of like a driveway that you get into, you know? Um, like a boat ramp? Yeah, type yeah, thing. Boat yeah. Ramp. There's a boat ramp to get in. And he opted not to go on the boat ramp getting out. And he tried to climb the wall. And when he climbed the wall, he didn't realize it was filled with coral. And it fucked him up. What's funny is when he said he was cut, my initial thought was he cut himself on coral out there. Badly. <laughs> <laughs> Really it's no badly. joke. It really isn't. So I was like a little bit nervous, but yeah. So we went paddle boarding, and the water was like no more than two feet deep. Yeah, we got stuck a couple times because <laughs> the water was so shallow. But it was really pretty because when you, I didn't want to. There are a few times that we got stuck. I was afraid to get out of the water because everywhere you look are starfish, and I didn't want to step on a starfish. And so you're looking Aww. at two feet clear water of just starfish everywhere. And at some points there was a really strong current too, where you're just like, oh my god, I can't get back, I can't get back, and the current was taking you away. But it was fine. Probably being overdramatic. Yeah, I think you were freaking out. <laughs> Typical Zena. <laughs> but it was fine. It's really, it was really safe and the water was really calm. And so we did that for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And then, then I bet you guys came back hungry. What did you guys get to eat on the island? Everything was pretty much burgers. Really? And rice and beans. Burgers and rice and beans. Ah. Yeah. The food was not so memorable. Well, they were a British colony. Yeah. We know British have bad food. Yeah. It's a fact. <laughs> Yeah, and that I can't remember it shows that it wasn't that memorable. It was mainly beans and rice, and they had, like, stewed meats. Yeah, because I remember just, like, Nicole and I would walk around every single day. I mean, this is really only day two, but when we would walk around, it was really hard to make a decision on where to eat because nothing was like, oh, man, we got to eat here. Like, everyone had the exact same menu. Yeah, French fries. I remember we ate a lot of French fries. That yeah. sounds pretty mundane. Sounds a lot like Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was probably a little bit better than Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least That's there so in Belize, they have bamboo chicken. Because if I'm going back to our cruise trip that we were on, our guide was telling us about bamboo chicken, which if you don't know what that is, that is some cooked up iguana. That bamboo is chicken. true. But this is a very resort area. So I didn't see too much bamboo chicken at all. You got to try the local food. Did you at the try resorts. it when you went? No, to because the we were on a cruise. It was so short. They took us out to do the tubing. Then we got back. But we did see a bamboo chicken fall from the canopy of the trees right into the river we were tubing down, almost crashed into somebody, and then swam away. But uh, unfortunately, we had no time to try it. But that's a whole other story. I want to get back to your guys' trip here. But point being, no bamboo chicken for you ladies, and food as a whole was pretty much. I mundane. don't remember that was on the menu yeah the only thing really memorable were the panty droppers and the pina coladas <laughs> that's pretty much everything that i drank yeah, and the important stuff the important one stuff. place that had coffee because <laughs> I, I wanted another coffee. important yeah. thing <laughs> and we found one coffee place and it was expensive yeah i mean you don't really need much else when you're living on a tropical resort so nicole and i were like in the water on the beach in the water on the beach and at one point i was on the beach and i look out and i see nicole talking to a very good looking gentleman in the water Ooh, yes <laughs> i was this was before the mexican wedding <laughs> <laughs> thank you for clarifying and i was out in the water <laughs> and i don't remember why he started talking to me. i think he just came over and started talking because he spoke really good english and it turned out that he was from mexico city so he was asking what we were doing there and he was traveling and he became our friend and his name was arturo 
Yes. And so I remember Nicole comes back to the beach and she's like, oh, I met this really good hot guy and he's from Mexico City. So I see him. And then when he leaves, he goes, adios, Nicole. And so I didn't really know him yet at this point. So I'm excited for Nicole, right? Like I'm so, (laughs) I'm a great wing woman. I'm a great wing woman. So later we're not eating, but having drinks. (laughs) Again, the important stuff, the important stuff. (laughs) On Front Street. <laughs> not we already, we did not middle or back street. Front Street. <laughs> yeah. Front Street. Because we were right there in front of the water. Also where the water taxi drops you off. And we realized that, oh my gosh, Arturo is at a table at the restaurant next to us. But it's like a fence. So it's not like this open aired view, right? So Nicole realizes that Arturo is there. And... I'm just like, oh my gosh, Nicole, it'd be really weird if I went over and invited him to have a drink with us because I haven't actually spoken with him, right? It was an adios, Nicole, not adios, Nicole, Izena. So I'm just like, oh, go, go, go ask him to get a drink with us. And she's like, oh, I can't. She was nervous. Yeah, no, I chickened out. But later <laughs> that same night, because this is a small island, so. I was going to ask, Make do your... you see the same people on the island? If you're there multiple days, you see all the same people over yeah. and over? So he ended up getting up and leaving after his drink. And when he passed us, he said hello to Nicole again. So I'm ready to like go talk to him and wing, but he doesn't know me at this point. So later that evening, when we were trying to find someplace to eat because nothing was popping out at us and we were walking along Front Street... <laughs> <laughs> there at the water we see Arturo sitting with other people and he says hello and this is our inn and finally I got to meet the Arturo yeah so we had dinner with him that night and we mentioned to him that the next day he told us he was going to go on a snorkeling trip and we were like oh no we're going to go to San Pedro which is on the next island over to go bike riding so we invited him, but he said no because he was going on the snorkel trip so we were like okay that's fine not too good of a wing woman's in because if you could snorkel then you guys could have gone. <laughs> you could have changed plans, but I <laughs> did drop the ball on that one. But tell us a little bit about San Pedro then in the bike riding. So that was the end of day two. So now the next day, day three, we went out to San Pedro and we're sitting there on the water taxi. It's about 10 Belizean dollars one way to San Pedro or 1750 round trip. And we're sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Next thing we know, Arturo is running as fast as he can to the water taxi to catch us. So So you know what? I was a good woman. No, he changed plans. He canceled his snorkeling trip to come with you guys? Well, it got canceled because weather was bad. (laughs) He didn't cancel it for us. I believe he was scuba diving, actually. Yeah. And it was a private trip, so he didn't want to cancel it. But then he comes running after us because it got canceled because of weather. He's like, can I come with you guys to San Pedro to go bike riding? (laughs) And we said, yeah, sure. So the three of us went to San Pedro, which is the next island over. It's actually the biggest island in the Ks. And that was where we rented bikes. There was like a little downtown that did have shops Mm -hmm. and restaurants. And it was a little more developed, that island. Better food? Yeah, but we're going to get to that. Okay, I'm just curious off the bat. And then for the biking, how much was the rentals? I know what you said it was for the round trip on the boat, but how much to rent the bikes? The bikes are about 10 to $15, depending on where you get it. And that's for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we rented it for the whole and day. I have a question. So you said it's the biggest island in the Ks, but you kind of made it seem like it had just a few shops. Was How big was it? Well, San Pedro is not that big. It's I so believe the, the residential area is further up north on the island. So this was the southernmost tip, which is closest to K Cocker. Yeah, so K-Cocker, that's why we went there. Yeah. K Cocker is south of San Pedro. 
So when you're taking mm. the water taxi, you're getting to the Southern Island, and that's why Nicole's saying residential's north. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because San Pedro's not the name of the island. The name is K. Ambergis. Ambergis. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so San Pedro's the city oh, for the okay. south. So that's Got why we it. decided to go there because we could take a water taxi. And we had read that you they have a bike path that you can ride bikes. So we got there and had like a little town with shops, like a little beach town with restaurants. Hmm. And then we rented the bikes. San Pedro is more of a town feel and you see a lot more families versus K Cocker is more for solo travelers and backpackers and is more of beach vibes. But yeah, no, we rented a bike and I was super excited about that. So we just pretty much rode gosh, for probably like two hours, just north. But it's so big that we barely even scratched surface just riding our bikes. Relatively flat trails or are you hiking up into, okay, so everything, obviously there are K's, so it's flat, I imagine, but I just didn't know if there's maybe some hilly spots or anything. No, it was flat beach. You're riding along the coast the whole time, which is pretty. There wasn't really any place to stop along the way to visit. There was like some clubs that were closed (laughs) because it's the daytime. (laughs) Yeah. And poor Arturo on our way back, he ended up falling yeah, off his bike. His bike. <laughs> yeah, he fell off the path, remember? <laughs> poor guy. He was bleeding so bad too. And so we were like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And like blood is just dripping down. No, 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 I'm fine. I'm he was fine. trying to play it cool, but he was like blood everywhere. So, and there was no, we finally found, it was like an old club restaurant or a club restaurant that was closed but they let him use the bathroom. Too. Yeah, you would have loved Aww. it, Kim, because you can go to the rooftop. Yeah. And so Ooh. it was kind of like this rooftop bar feel, but you're pretty much looking at nothing but open, empty land. Uh-huh. And it had a little store where we bought cookies and like yeah. a snack because we were hungry by then. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So we just rode our bike back to San Pedro. We didn't feel like we needed that much time. Of course, we were hungry, so we did go eat, and we'll talk about that. But in terms of San Pedro, I mean, there really wasn't too much that we felt like we could do other than ride the bikes, and then we went back to K.A. Cocker. But we did eat. We were super, super, super hungry, and we went to an El Salvadorian restaurant, and I never realized how delicious El Salvadorian food is. And I've never really found a restaurant, an El Salvadorian restaurant, since then and we had pupusas one in miami and i thought the same thing the food is so good yeah it's way better than belize food (laughs) (laughs) it was so 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 good we had pupusas i love pupusas from an el salvadorian restaurant oh my goodness yeah super yummy how much are those pupusas out there and again i know it's been a while but approximation cheap food cheap eats i'm imagining yes it was cheap I think it was like a couple less bucks. Than, yeah, yeah, I was about to say less than five Belizean dollars. What a steal. It yeah. really was. It really was. So that was pretty much everything there was to do on the island. Hey, travelers. We want to stop for a quick minute to tell you about a really exciting product we put together just for you. As you all know, we love getting you excited to visit places for yourself by sharing what we did and making it easier by giving you squad tips that we learned along the way. The Travel Squad has created something to provide even more value for you in addition to our episodes by detailing trip itineraries and comprehensive multi-page guides with everything you need to know to do the trip right. These itineraries include information on what to see and do in the area, where to stay, directions for the best routes, and even where to eat along the way. And we put them into these beautiful PDF guides just for you. We created itineraries for a week in Yellowstone and Grand Tetons, Big Island, Hawaii, and an itinerary for an American Southwest road trip. Woo! 
and so many more itineraries to come. We are so excited to announce that they are now available to purchase on our website. So go over to travelsquadpodcast.com to get yours today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the next day, day four, we left Cocker and we went back to Belize City to catch a bus to San Ignacio. Where is San Ignacio? Okay, so good question. So Belize is on the eastern side of Central America. So Belize City is there on the Caribbean and San Ignacio is all the way super close to the border of Guatemala on the west side. It's deep in the jungle. Getting into the jungle. And how long did it take you to get there from Belize City to San Ignacio? It was about two hours and 30 minutes. And so in Belize City, they do have a Belize terminal, commonly known as Novellos. Bus is one of the main ways that they use to get around the country. And they usually have a bus leaving every 30 to 60 minutes, depending on the schedule, depending on where you're going. And these are converted school buses that are painted green. They're not comfortable. They don't have AC <laughs> and they are not built for luggage. So in these pictures of Nicole and I, you will see our luggage was on our laps because there's no place to store the luggage. But it was, I think, like $5 one way for that two and a half hour bus ride all the way into the jungle of San Ignacio. Sounds like a fun way to rough it, though. It, you yeah. know, you see the pictures, you see the luggage on our laps, you see the sweat beating down our faces. It was a great time. It was definitely a backpacker's trip. <laughs> and so if you're going to travel this way, bring a backpack. And once, you're, suitcase. <laughs> and once you're in Belize City, though, I know you said they have the bus terminal hub. Figuring out the bus system there is relatively easy. It's pretty much telling you, hey, we're going here or there. And it's simple to figure out. And that's the best way to get around the country then. Everything is posted online, but we didn't have internet. So just ask once you're there. That's what we did. And they just directed us to the bus that we wanted. And San Ignacio is a popular tourist spot because from there you can go to several Mayan ruins. So there's lots of routes and there's usually a lot of other foreigners or travelers on the bus also. Mm -hmm. The one thing about Belize is you are in former Mayan land. So you see ruins practically on every corner. Like, it's just so crazy how many ruins are there. You are driving through their native area. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And that was the reason we went to San Ignacio, because we wanted to see specific ruins that were almost along the border of Guatemala, very close to Tikal, which is in Guatemala. But these ruins are on the Belizean side, and it is a famous Mayan temple. Mm-hmm. So we dropped our stuff off at our hostel there in San Ignacio. Now, San Ignacio itself is kind of like a hub to stay at. There's nothing really there. It's more of you catch buses to go to different places around the area. So we stayed there, and then we jumped on a bus there to go to Zunantunich, which is the Mayan ruins that Nicole mentioned. And you can also book tours from San Ignacio. You can take tours into Tikal, or you can go to these Mayan ruins, Sunantunich, or other areas that are close by. But we did it the old-fashioned way on the bus. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so these Mayan ruins, what do they look like? Are they temples? Are they old cities? How in-depth can you explore them? Could you climb them? Do you go into them? What do you do there? Actually, you know, real quickly, before you get there, the bus drops you off on the side of a street and you have to cross a river to get there. So they have a car trans if you have a car um it's basically a bridge that moves from one side of the river to the other side of the river so you park your car and it moves you we obviously did not have a car so we just got on the bridge and it moves you to the other side and then nicole and i walked the remainder of the way i think we walked maybe about a mile to a mile and a half to actually get there so it is a little bit of a walk but we were very adventurous and eager to see it zunantunich it means sculpture of a lady Zunan means noble lady. Tunich is stone for sculpture. And these are huge, impressive ruins. One of the periods, the main one, has a whole strip of really well-preserved Mayan carvings that is really, really beautiful. So the the pyramid in, it, in itself is big. It's really tall and well-preserved. And they have little pyramids all around it. But the main pyramid has this really beautiful carving that's well preserved. Mm-hmm. And then on a clear day from the top, you could see Tikal, which are the ruins in Guatemala to the west. And was it a clear day for you guys? We did not see it. Unfortunately. Oh. No. And how much is the entrance to these temples and ruins? It's 10 Belizean dollars for entrance into the Zunantunich ruins. And when you go to the pyramids and the ruins, how long did you spend? A couple hours, a few yeah. hours, because yeah, it's one main pyramid. But there's a lot around it. Like after you go up to the top of the pyramid, there's still a lot to explore mm. because it's just, I mean, it was a former city for them, right? So you can just like walk around, but it's the pyramid itself that's been preserved and what remains. And what's was funny was that at the very top, Nicole and I were taking very safe selfies because it's such a beautiful view and it is guarded by their army and the army guys were taking selfies of their selves <laughs> with these huge ass guns around their necks <laughs> at the top of the pyramid. And we're like, shouldn't they be guarded? this but no I mean they were just having just as much fun taking selfies of themselves and they were just really beautiful ruins because they were in the middle of the jungle so it was really green and lush and then you see these pyramids rising out of the jungle it was really beautiful so maybe an unfair question but I'm going to ask it anyway to you Nicole being that you live in Mexico I know you've seen a lot of Aztec ruins potentially Mayan ruins just as well how would you rate to what you see in Mexico versus what you saw here in Belize in terms of ruins So the ones in Mexico that I've seen are bigger. Like they're huge, huge pyramids. Mm -hmm. This one was smaller. It was big, but it was smaller than the ones in Mexico. But it's in the middle of the jungle, so it's greener. When the ones around Mexico City are drier. So the jungle atmosphere with the pyramid is really spectacular to see. And there's a lookout point on the other side across from the main temple where you can see the whole explanada with, with the main pyramid. That sounds really cool. I've never seen ruins in the jungle. That sounds really intriguing to me, the yeah. way you described it. That area is really beautiful. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's almost like I never actually made that connection, but you're so right now that you mentioned that because everything was green around us, like everything. 
Was there anything else in San Ignacio on these ruins that you did or that's really it for the day? That was pretty much it because we took the bus back to San Ignacio and then there San Ignacio has pretty much like one street that you can walk along and there's a lot of people selling tours. And so as we were walking, we seen, you know, this very, very nice guy calling us over and he told us about the ATM Mayan cave tour. ATM meaning Actun Tunichil Muknal Cave. And Nicole and I were like, ah, do we really want to do it? And he was telling us it's 150 Belizean dollars. And I remember thinking... It's kind of expensive. Yeah, 75 US, especially if everything else has been so cheap. I mean, that feels like you're getting stuck it real hard to you. I knew that I was going to have to go to the ATM to take out even more money. And so I knew that the trip the, tomorrow is going to, or not tomorrow, but like day five is going to be the last day there. And then day six, we're going to be going back to Mexico. So I'm like, ah, do I really want to take more money out? So I'm actually really, really, really glad that we said yes. Do you want to say anything about that? So this wasn't planned. Yeah. We had an extra day in San Ignacio, and I think we thought we were going to take longer to visit the pyramid, but we actually saw it the same day that we got in because we were going to get in and then go the next day to see Sunan Tunich, but we had time still, so we just went that same day. So we did it all in one day, and then we had a whole free day the next day. So what, that was one of the reasons why we decided to take this tour, but I was really attracted to the tour because they had photos of skeletal remains inside the cave. So that was something you saw on the tour. Oh, like they were going to do sacrificial ceremonies it there? Was, it was a sacrificial site for the Ooh. Mayan people. So the bones of the people who had been sacrificed were still well-preserved inside the cave. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. So when you say skeletal remains, I mean, are we just saying we're finding bones in there and obviously not that people are going there and just picking them up and playing with them or are they really bones that are calcified now into the stone and like within the stone, almost like fossils? Yeah, they're calcified into the stones. That's why they're so well-preserved. So there was one... That's the main one. That's a complete skeleton. And there was lots wow. of heads and arms and oh bones. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's what you see on the pictures for all of that. And like Nicole said, it was unplanned. I didn't even know that this existed. But Nicole and I were like, okay, well, what else are we going to do? So let's go ahead and do this. And again, I'm so, so glad that we did it. And this leads us into day five for the ATM Mayan Cave tour. And this tour did take a whole day. We left at 7 a.m. and we didn't get back till 4 or 5 p.m. It's about an hour and a half to get to the, the entrance. And then from the entrance, you have to hike over an hour to get to the cave. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in the cave, you spend about three to three and a half hours inside the cave on the tour. And then they feed you lunch. It did include a meal. And then another hour hike back and then an hour drive back to San Ignacio. Sounds like a long day. Was yeah. it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. So one, you cannot go without a tour. So make sure that you book a tour. And absolutely. I mean, like, to, this is one of the coolest things that I've ever done traveling. Like, it's so crazy because like Nicole said, it's an hour hike to get there and you have to cross the river three times. Like it's, it's just, it's so crazy. So first off, you should know that you will be going into the cave. You will be swimming in the cave. You need to know how to swim. And I remember asking the tour guide, have you ever taken people who don't know how to swim? And he said, we say over and over, you have to know how to swim. You have to know how to swim. And you'd be surprised at how many people who do not know how to swim take the tour. <laughs> and I'm like, how is it? And he said, it is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even like, 
Like, wait until we get into the cave because I'm like, I cannot believe people who do not know how to swim do this tour. If I went on this tour and somebody didn't know how to swim and slowed us back and prevented me from seeing stuff, I would be so freaking pissed. I mean, I just want to say, like, if you do not know how to swim, do not do this tour. So if you have to know how to swim, should I just say, should you even bring a change of clothes or the clothes you wear should you should just expect to be getting wet and get in the water this way? Pretty much. Okay. So you are, this is very, this is a very sacred cave. Um, the acts that were done there and the preservation of it. And so out of respect, they will not let you wear just your bathing suit in there. So we did have our bathing suits on, but you have to keep your clothes on top of it to remain respectful. You also have to wear socks. You will not be allowed in without socks because you will be climbing the cave and they do not want your oil from your feet to, um, you know, affect the minerals that are growing inside. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to wear shoes and you have to wear socks and you have to wear clothes over that. So the trail starts you on the hike to the cave but because the trail ends, this is why you have to cross the river. And then you're, cross, you're walking on the other side, and then it ends, and then you cross the river, and then you're walking, and the trail ends, and then you cross the river for the third time. The water is not warm. <laughs> you are in a jungle. <laughs> it is freezing. It is freezing. It is waist deep. Ooh. They described the, the tour as moderate and fairly agile. And there were two kids with us. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like those kids were wonderful, but like it was, it's intense just getting to the cave. So when you say you're crossing the river the three times and getting to the cave have to hike, you're literally hiking through the jungle. So it's lush green. Is it humid out there uh, in terms of the weather outside and then the water's just cold? Or give me a sense of the environment of what you're trekking through before you get to the cave. <sighs> Lots of greenery. I wouldn't say there's too much humidity, but it is decent weather. And the water itself is very cold. So like I remember when I first stepped foot in it, it's kind of like... It's cold. <laughs> Just expect to get wet. And you can bring a change of clothes and leave it in the car mm -hmm. for when you go back. And there was lots of mosquitoes, I remember. Yeah. And, you know, Yikes, even our tour guide mosquitoes. was, <laughs> you are in the jungle. Our tour guide was saying that, you know, sometimes when it is rain, because they were open 365 days a year. And there are times where it's raining and it's almost like the um, flash floods. So he has said that they've had to wait it out before. I can't even imagine doing that. You can't get in and out of the cave if the water's too high. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. So when you see the trail end, like, you know that it's time to cross the river because like legit you're on a trail and then all of a sudden you're in the, like, it's, it's the jungle and you just see that there's no trail there's no way to go through because there's so much shrubbery and trees very nice well tell me about inside the cave now well in order to get into the cave the entrance is this kind of narrow entrance and you jump into the water it's about waist deep at first it's really cold and you can walk but eventually it gets so deep you have to swim so there's kind of this tunnel and you swim through it and the guide was in front. So when we got finally out of the tunnel, they help you out of the water. But that's why you have to swim because otherwise there's no way to get into the cave. Yeah. I mean, like it's deep water once you get in and you do wear because you are in caves, there's no light or electricity. So they give you one of those hats with the lights. Headlamp? Yes, a headlamp. You cannot get that wet. They're very clear about that. So in our group, there was a guy named Andy. He was from South Korea. And he was so funny because he never had any expression on his face. <laughs> 
And he was hardcore, like an adventurer. So he jumped into the water first. And then our tour guide was like, who wants to go next? And I was like, I'm going to go next. So (laughs) I jump in the water and I screamed because the water is so cold. I could barely breathe. Like it was just that cold. And I started to scream Andy, you lied to us. You lied to us. It's so cold. You didn't even make an expression or say how cold it was. Like, it was so cold. I could barely breathe. Teeth chattering cold. It was like, oh my God. So then you swim through and I'm just thinking to myself, I believe that I'm an excellent swimmer. I don't understand how someone can do this tour without swimming. Like you have to swim across. Yes. And then once you get in the cave out of the water, you do the tour mostly walking around the cave, but you do have to get back in the water in certain points to cross over to other sides. And that's where they take you around to the different sites where there had been sacrifices and you could see different human bones and you can also see artifacts that were left and found in the cave. Mm -hmm. And so once you actually get to that area, they have you take your shoes off and then you actually climb huge ass boulders to get there. On your hands and knees. And something that's important to know is that you can't take pictures or bring cameras or GoPros because back in 2003, someone was leaning over one of the skeletal remains with their camera taking a picture and he dropped it and it broke the skull. (gasps) Oh, Oh, ruined it for all of us. Somebody always has to ruin it for everybody, don't they? Yeah. So no GoPros. They're very clear about that. Like there's no pictures from that day for us because Mm -hmm. like you cannot take a camera. Let me tell you something. If I was that guy who dropped the camera... I would be scared the rest of my life. I'm cursed somehow in some way. (laughs) No one has that feeling. And that was the first thought to come to mind other than fuck. He ruined it for everybody. Uh, What was, I don't know how he was taking the picture that he was so close that it dropped. The tour company should follow up and see if he's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Cause there's no pictures. We have no pictures of this cave, even though it was so cool. Yeah. And you know, the, they talk about, you know, like the word sacrifice sounds maybe almost negative, but you have to understand in those times it was an honor to be sacrificed. So you do have people who were volunteering to do that because it was such an honor to be given to the gods. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean they were forced to be human sacrifices, but it was a really interesting cultural experience to see how they use this cave for their religious expression. Mm -hmm. So I think we went about three kilometers in and then finally we come three kilometers out. Water is still very, very cold, but you start to adapt to it and you are sliding through several rocks at some point. You do take a life jacket, so you have that on, but there were just like a few points where it's like you're sliding through and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so narrow and you go through. And at one point the water was going so hardcore between the rocks that you had to slide through that I lost my shoe and Andy was ahead of us. And I was like, Andy, my shoe, my shoe, my shoe. And so he saved my shoe for me. He saved the day. He did because it was going so fast. And like, it just like, I lost my shoe and the tour guide had to keep telling Andy to slow down because he was so adventurous (laughs) and he was trying to lose the group. Sounded like the rugged one. I don't think he talked at all. He didn't talk. He was just there soaking it all up. I, you know what? He really was. Dude, he was like a hardcore adventurer who saved my shoe and didn't let us know how cold the water was. So I think I remember you one time telling me that they came up with a rule that you can't use the restroom in there. Obviously, no one's going to go in there and straight defecate, I imagine. (laughs) But... I mean, you're in the water. Let's not kid ourselves. I think everyone here can admit that we peed in a pool, peed in the ocean. So did they not tell you that you have to hold it the whole time because it is sacred in there? Um, 
you know, I don't remember whether or not they talked to us about that, but I just know for myself, I was so afraid. To, like, it's so sacred that I was afraid to pee. Like, I was afraid that, you know, I don't want anything coming at me. Like and, the idiot who broke the skull. Yeah, it's so disrespectful. And so I didn't. And then Nicole told me that she didn't pee in there because... Well, the water is so cold. And when you're going on this tour, you're like in a row with people in front of you and behind you. And I figured they'd fill the warm water. And I, I knew there was a reason. I forgot what it was. I didn't know if they told you. But now that you both have said that, it's jogged my memory as to why. It makes a whole lot of sense. So yeah. we just waited till we were out of the tour to go to the bathroom. Yeah, we just went behind the bushes as soon as you get out. And you might want to do that before you go in if you have to pee a lot. <laughs> yeah. Total time in the cave. Three, Three and, a half and a half hours. Inside so, the cave? Because mm-hmm. wow. you're going through three kilometers in and then you're climbing the boulders and then you're going around and it's not just like one spot they're uh-huh. leading you around in like an organized line to see all the spots as well where there are remains or, or artifacts it's throughout the whole cave so you have to go further 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 back mm-hmm. and then you climb down the rock too and you know what like i know that they said that it's moderate and agile but i would say that this is kind of for someone advanced I'm so glad I did it. And it, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily hard, but it is challenging. And if you're not athletic, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. It I, was a lot of work. So, I wouldn't bring small kids either. Yeah. So the Zane of today could not do it at her attained whoa, age. <laughs> whoa. I would still dominate. I would still dominate. but Or um, Kim might be past her prime over here. We know all about Kim now I at 30. the most youthful one here. I don't know. Once you've hit 30, I've seen you kind of like eh, athletic ability go down a little bit, Kim. I just think that this would be such a fun squad trip. And again, like the uniqueness of it, just how cold the water was, the funny stories from it. What a great experience. Mm-hmm. Let me say something. I'm going to say something here real bold. Belize opens back up to Americans is first on the list. Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. (laughs) And don't miss either of these two spots the last two days. They were definitely the highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it really was. Because you can go to the beach anywhere, but like to be able to do this experience was just out of this world. So that's really, um, that's pretty much everything that we did. And we were going to stay another day, but we realized that actually, you know what, there's not too much to do. So we decided that early the next day, we would just take a bus back to Belize City and then catch a bus into Chetumal, Mexico. So I have a question. What happened to Arturo? I was wondering the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah, we forgot about Arturo. Uh, we hung out with him in Kai Cocker, and then we tried to connect in Mexico City, but he wasn't free on the night that we were free, and then we didn't feel like going out the night that he asked us out. And then and, we never heard from him again. And it's <laughs> Kay Cocker. He said Kai again. Did I? Oh, yeah. Kay Cocker, yes, yes. Yeah, he stayed longer on the island because he was going to do scuba diving. We left. And we exchanged numbers because we were all in Mexico City. And we said, when you come back, we'll all hang out. And yeah, never happened. Kind of fizzled out. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Fizzled out. Yeah. Did you ladies have any final thoughts or things you wanted to say before we get to questions of the week? Mm, You know what? Belize was a really, really great time. Like just it was such a fun trip. I would definitely recommend it. I would say maybe you could take some time to visit some of the other K islands if you had a little more time than we did. I definitely recommend what we did in San Ignacio and the caves. And if you're a scuba diver, this is a great place to go scuba diving. And you think just four days is a good amount of time if that's all you have? You can see it, do it. You could do it in four days. The beach and the jungle. That's basically the two main areas. If you want to see more beach, more jungle, or even go into Guatemala and Tikal, which is also recommended, then I would stay a week. Nice. 
And we're all going to have to go back. And Nicole, you're going to have to come with us and go scuba diving. Yes. I'll go back and see that part that I didn't see before. I'll get scuba <laughs> certified just to go scubaing with you, Nicole. Good. Because I also didn't want to go by myself, which well, is another we, reason. Uh, yeah. And we can't <laughs> trust Zane on this one. We know. She, she let you down once already. She's not going to do it again. I can't believe you guys didn't at least go snorkeling. Yeah, I don't remember why we didn't do snorkeling at the end either. I know, I can't remember I think either. the really good views or the really cool things to see is scuba diving, not so much on the shore. <laughs> All right, it's that time. Questions of the week. Questions of the week. All right, so I have a question that I like to ask guests, and this is one that we've discussed at length as a travel squad. But my question for you, Nicole, is do you think it's okay to take the airplane blanket? Oh, (laughs) you know, I've never taken the airplane blanket because I find them kind of gross and not very warm. So I usually use them and then I leave them there. But I don't think there's a problem with taking it. No problems. (laughs) I don't think it's a crime. (laughs) You know, I thought you were going to have a specific Belize question, Kim. Good question, but kind of let me down. So I'm going to get to a Belize specific question. I just want to say I like that question. It was hella funny because I wasn't (laughs) expecting it. And it made me laugh because, you know, Nicole is staying at my place as she's here in San Diego. And at one point, I remember laughing to myself because I have three blankets sitting there on my couch. And the top one is the one from Air China. And uh, the one I was using. Yeah. Oh, that was a good blanket. <laughs> so I just had bad blanket experience. Yeah, <laughs> it's the blue one that you're using in my bedroom on top of the comforter. Oh, no, I would take that one. The ones <laughs> I've used are like super thin and small. And I was like, I would not want this blanket. So, so there you have it. it. Air China gives the best airplane blankets. <laughs> so my question, I know you ladies didn't go for specific reasons, not throwing Zane under the bus, but Zane is the reason why you guys didn't go to the blue hole. Do you know? how much it would cost to get out there on a tour and from Belize City, how long it would take to get out there if anybody wanted to do it or you guys didn't do any of that research because you just knew you weren't going. Asking out of curiosity. If you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. The scuba diving trips were more expensive. I believe they're usually it's minimum 50. This And this was several years ago. It might be more now for two tanks or two dives. So I remember I would, didn't want to pay <laughs> and I didn't want to do it by myself and leave Zaina behind. The blue hole, I don't remember how far... You could probably do a day trip from Belize City if you didn't want to go stay on one of the islands. But the thing about the Blue Hole, remember, is that when you're scuba diving certified, there's different levels. And the level that Nicole was at, because I think you're one, level one. I'm not an advanced diver. Yeah, Arturo was. And so he was going to do some of the more advanced ones. But like if you just got your beginner's scuba certification, you wouldn't have been able to do the Blue Hole. Like that's, I think it made me nervous too to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, advanced level right there. All right, so if people aren't scuba certified, maybe they have tours that you can snorkel at least on top and look down maybe or something to yeah, that effect. Yeah, there's lots of snorkel. And if you just want to do a fun dive, which usually you don't have to be certified, you could do that where you just don't go as deep. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Keep the adventures going with us. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast, tag us in the adventures you're going on, and send us in your questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. 
Nicole, Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for being on this episode. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.